Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. And in each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. In this week's episode, we talk about the Executive Surf Club in Corpus Christi, Texas, taste some Shiner Bach and talk about the Gulf Coast. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. How you doing today, Aaron? So far, so good. That's good. That's good. I went to uh, I went to Corpus Christi over the holidays. Do you know what Corpus Christi means? I don't know what it means. Uh, Body of Christ. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's what it literally translates to: Body of Christ. That makes perfect sense in Latin. It's actually the place where Whataburger was invented, too. Whataburger. Yep. I'm sorry. Whataburger. (laughs) I was corrected. Okay. I was corrected. It's what a burger, not Whataburger. It is what a burger. Yeah. So I I concede. You're still going to default to saying Whataburger. I probably will. It's just, it's just the way I am. It's the way I was born. Well, and it's also the way that people are. Once you start saying something the same way. It is very hard to break a habit. It's like my grandmother says wash for some reason. Like she's going to wash the dishes. Your grandmother is effectively wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Very. But that's just how she's spoken that word for her whole life. And she's in her 80s, so there's no changing. So the last time I drank uh, the beer that I'm going to have you taste today. Mm -hmm. um, Well, okay, so it's not the last time I drank it, but the fondest memories I have of drinking this beer are Mm -hmm. at the um, Fantastic Fest movie film or I'm sorry film festival in Austin Texas it is a genre film festival that is home to awesome awesome fan and genre well not fan films but genre films I guess you could say they're fan films though because the people that like attend the film festival are all fans and they all love making movies that's awesome and um is it kind of like a more of a local film festival yeah. for indie stuff? Yeah, it's kind of a local film festival. Well, it's not a local film festival, though, because it's like it's attended by all kinds of industry folks. Like, oh, that's awesome. I mean, uh, Elijah Wood shows up and hangs out. So, Ooh. I mean, he usually has a movie there, but he hangs out, too. That man produces so much content. Yeah, he really does. He is amazing. He's a very intriguing actor. But we drank a lot of Shinerbach because it's usually on sale. On sale. That's right. Um, because uh, Shiner is brewed in Shiner, Texas. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. And we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit. But the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Executive Surf Club. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it was recommended to me by my cousin's uh, boyfriend, who mm-hmm. is a sushi chef. Ooh. Yeah. And that's a fun job. Yeah, I know. And so we we got to taste like all kinds of really good. Um, I mean, we didn't taste any food, but uh, oh, well, okay. So we did eat food when we were at the. Wow, I'm mixing up my two different things we didn't, today. We didn't taste any food. We just ate it. We just ate it. We didn't taste it. We just inhaled it. It was it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, that's hilarious. It's been a day and a half for me. It. I know the feeling very well. Yeah. So uh, anyway. No, the Executive Surf Club was recommended to us because we were looking for a place that had local beer that we could taste, like local brewery beer, Mm -hmm. and um, we ended up here uh, after trying out a a local place, Mm -hmm. and this was definitely one of those places. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So uh, this one here 
uh, is Shinerbach. Okay. I believe, I don't know if they actually had it on tap or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I mean, if they didn't have it on tap, they definitely had it in bottles. Ah, okay. Um, so the Bach, the cool thing about Shiner is they do German style beer. Okay. Like it's old world beer, um, which means you're going to get kind of a darker beer. Uh, you know, it's a box style beer. So um, it'll, <sighs> you're probably not going to like this. I kind of figured because I've, I've given a, a quick smell because uh, I have my little beer stein here today again. And it is, it is very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has like, it, I mean, it smells like several other beers that we've already tasted on the show. Yeah. Where it kind of, it has those like bitter notes at the, like on the nose. Um, I smell a lot of malt and right. I don't smell much else. Like I don't have yeah. any like right nostril is just kind of like, it smells like a beer to me. I don't know. I'm enjoying this one, how it's meant to be enjoyed straight from the bottle in a koozie. Yep. You uh, you have your nice fancy koozie too. I do, yeah. It's a it's a Yeti koozie, also made in Austin, Texas. Well, it's not made in Austin, Texas, but um, That's the their... company is based in Austin. Yeah. All right, if you want to go ahead and give us your tasting notes while I taste mine, uh, it tastes like a really it tastes like a standard Bach, which is a lager beer. Um, you know, there's nothing really like actually remarkable about a Schinerbach. It is a really good sort of. The, the sad part is, up here, you pay a premium price for this. It's not worth a premium price. Like, if you're going to spend the extra money for craft beer, don't buy Shinerbach unless it's on local. sale. Right, exactly. Um, but that said, like, it is a good beer. Um, it, it's a... You know, it's a lager, so it it's it it tastes. It's made cold. It's made. It's fermented cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it's got like a nice. Uh, it's got kind of a nice, uh, like maltier flavor to it. Um, you know, you've got kind of like a little bit of that caramel flavor, just a tiny bit of it. Um, a little bit of like that that stronger kind of wheat flavor to it. I definitely got the malt. Mm-hmm. Um, I let it roll around for a little bit. I got a little bit of caramel, but it just it hit me pretty hard, pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, I didn't make any weird noises. That's good. The face wasn't nearly as intense for me because, yeah. you know, everyone can see my face, but I feel it. So mm-hmm. but- this I mean, it, it's not. It's not something that I will drink more of. No. But... Well, you'll drink a little bit more. Well, but. yeah, I'll do like one last tasting here in a little bit. But it's not... It's not like terrible. and mm-hmm. it's, But it's not something that for me is palatable. Box to me always taste like bread. Ooh. Like that's kind of... That's kind of how... Like to me, like like a, a Bach always has sort of a, a bread-like flavor to it when you drink it. So kind of like thick and, and mm-hmm. chewy almost? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, that's always the mouthfeel that I get when I drink a Bach, and that's always uh, like just a standard Bach. Because Bachs come in a couple of different varieties. You know, you have your Doppelbach, which is mm-hmm. um, tends to have a little bit more alcohol content into it, so it tends to be a bit stronger. And then you have an Ice Bach, which is kind of cool. It's, it's sort of... Um, 
you freeze part of it. So it actually puts more alcohol content into it. Weird. Yeah. Well, because what you do is you you freeze it and then you scoop the ice out of it. Mm -hmm. So all you do is you basically take. Oh, so you're taking a lot of water content out. Yeah. Because it's mostly water at that point that had frozen. Uh Uh-huh. And then you're just taking. But the alcohol behind. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It's an interesting like way to do it. Well, yeah. and, and the reason I think some of the reason behind it, because um, then you're not boiling off everything and kind of changing the flavor right. profile, and you know, because when when you when you boil anything or you cook anything, it the flavors will change, and a lot of times it changes for the better. But sometimes you know, if you're just boiling off wheat and barley and hops, it's mm-hmm. not going to go great all the time. Well, yeah, and I think I think a lot of this goes back to the um, the Reinheitsgebot, which we've talked mm-hmm. about on this show before, but for those of you that are just joining us or are, you know, think I just sneezed into the microphone, um, it is the German, it's the old German uh, purity law related to beer. Um, the beer purity law. Yeah. That is the one that's okay. <laughs> old German purity laws uh, can get a little weird. Yeah. Uh, this one basically said that beer had to be made with uh, hops, barley, and water. They didn't know that yeast was actually involved that yet when they passed the law. They added yeast later on. Yeah, and I don't think that they... I mean, because yeast was being introduced almost by accident. It was, yeah. They didn't realize that yeast was the thing that was actually producing the beer. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, you know, because of that law, there wasn't really a whole lot of experimentation that could go into beer making. Mm -hmm. And so things like, you know, an icebox were some of the only ways you could really produce like a different flavor in your beer. Some of the only ways that you could make like a a higher gravity beer, I would imagine. Because even if you're using different varietals of wheat Mm -hmm. and or barley, you're not going to get a whole lot of different flavors because it's still barley. Yeah, because you can still, I mean, you can still create flavors, but it's only going to go as so far, far as that, you know, because you, again, different varieties will produce different things, but not all of them are going to lend themselves well to beer. Correct. Exactly. And there's only so much experimentation you can do with three, maybe four basic ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, before you start getting kind of tired, especially if you don't have limited dis- if you don't have like a wide distribution cycle. Well, and remind me, it wasn't the Reinhardtskabat something that was that was hundreds of years ago? Yes, exactly. So it was, you know, it was so it was so long ago that there wasn't even a lot of experimentation with different types of yeast mm-hmm. until they realized that that was actually what was doing the fermenting. Yeah, precisely. So. All of the weird, crazy things about brewing and beer making. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of take, now that we've kind of talked about the actual um, the beer, taste, the yes. actual taste itself, let's kind of talk about the taste of food. So when we were at the Executive Surf Club, mm-hmm. we had uh, we had nachos. Ooh, um, that was, was the like first the big ones for the table kind of thing. It was kind no, it was a it was the like chips and cheese kind of nachos. Oh, okay. And it was it was cool because it wasn't queso. And it, you know, it was just melted cheese. Well, okay, so um, I should say this for our listeners: um, Texas takes its queso very seriously. So when I say it wasn't queso, I mean it actually wasn't a queso dip. Um, Texas style queso is actually like melted cheese that's mixed with like usually mixed with like a veggie, like like a picante salsa or like um, like you know, a chives and and uh, peppers in it. 
Yeah, it's like re- it's like an actual dip that's made. It's not just, you know, they don't just say queso and mean cheese dip. Mm. They actually mean like an, a full on like taste experience. That sounds really great. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it tasted really good. It did. So it was just cheese dip on their end. Okay. But the, the interesting part about it was it had uh, they put a spoonful of guac on top. Which on top I'm, of the cheese dip? Uh-huh. Huh. Which I've never seen before. No, I've like usually there might be some cotilla cheese or cotilla. Yeah. And I was like I don't remember if it's cotilla or cotilla. Um but either way, but it's like a little kind of crumbly crumbly mm-hmm. Latin American Mexican cheese. Um that makes more sense because you're just adding cheese on cheese. Um but guacamole on wow. How did that taste? It it was actually it was it was uh it added like an interesting like um kind of like a little bit of an earthy element to it. Did it did it make it like a slightly different texture as it well? It did. Uh-huh. Okay. It had a little bit of texture to it. Um you know, it it also added a little bit of a challenge cuz I think a bunch of us were trying to like get the guac without getting a, too much of the cheese. Mm. So then you're just like kind of gently scooping mm-hmm. off the top. Yeah. Okay. So after we had that, my sister had the fish tacos um, or the fish, uh, the fish uh, tortillas. Um, pardon me. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling up the uh, I'm pulling up some of that stuff right now. <laughs> the fish wrap. Yeah, that's it. She had the she had the fish. Oh, no, the shrimp wrap. The shrimp wrap. Yeah, and it was good. Um, I tasted it. It was really good. Um, the the shrimp were nice. Uh, the the sauce was good. The cheese was good. Um, and then my my spouse had the uh, burger, which was also really well done. Nice. Mm-hmm. Was it, it cooked well done, or was it just like well? made? It was well made. Yeah, it wasn't cooked well done. It was it was d- genuinely enjoyable. But I think the real draw of this place, putting aside like the food, mm-hmm. is the entertainment, and that's one of the things that would definitely bring me back here. Is it like do they have a lot of live music? Definitely. Nice. Um, they have live shows, uh, and it was actually kind of the perfect. I mean, we didn't see any live shows, but the cool part about going was the fact that they were doing pint night, um, mm. and they do that every Tuesday. Oh, that's cool. And it's like from eleven to eleven. So you know how when we go out here, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna," I'm like, "I'm gonna have a couple of craft beers." Yeah. And it, the bill ends up being like twenty bucks for three beers. Yeah. Or more. Guess how much our bill was for uh, seven beers? Um, I'm going to make a guess that is in mid-range. So I'm going to guess for seven beers, it was like 32. Uh, no, it was 20 bucks. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Because they were like three bucks a piece or... Um, That's not or bad. So. Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, honestly, trying like finding, you know, finding a place that has beer for three bucks a piece was that on happy hour or was that it was pint night from okay. 11 okay, to so, 11 so pint night you get the cheaper prices i'm assuming their prices are kind of more in that like seven to eight per oh i don't know what their actual normal prices are because you just but, went the one time yeah it was the only time we'd been there because we were only in corpus for a few days but i know that when i go back to visit my family i'll probably go back there nice yeah You'll have to you'll have to take some photos and stuff. Mm-hmm. They also the also the other cool thing about this place is it has um, the the surf museum is right next door to it. Ooh! So you can go visit the surf museum. 
Um, and it, it's 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 a really cool like outdoor. It has really cool outdoor patio space. I think everyone kind of forgets. I always forget that there is surfing on the Gulf of Mexico. Oh yeah, because um, you know most of the time when people think of surfing, they think of Hawaii, and they think of you know a couple other locations. But you know if you're if you're usually talking, you know you get the the coast of California um, has a lot of really great surfing. I've ever I've I've never been surfing, but um, it is you know the the gulf coast has some really decent surfing from what i have heard from mm-hmm. people i know that do that yeah i mean and when you go to visit this place you can go get some sushi from the water street sushi room mm. um you know there, there there's a couple of different places to visit when you're here there's an oyster bar there's cool architecture like little art things on the outside of it um nice photo opportunities awesome you can go visit the back bar the back bar and it's actually just called the back bar mm-hmm. oh that's i really like the look of that bar is that inside the back bar oh no this is this isn't the back bar this okay. is the surf club itself oh okay that that looks a lot different than i anticipated because mm-hmm. like the photos that they have on their website are just kind of close-ups of tables and mm-hmm. stuff um but that's like that's a really solid bar but it looks more like kind of a neighborhood place rather than the executive surf club mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, no, this place really feels like a nice, like, home bar, like, you know, a neighborhood bar that you could go visit. And it's got really cool art everywhere to look at. And remember what I said about where we drank? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. All draft pints, two or three bucks. Wow. Yeah, and look at that pint list. Or that draft list right God, there. It's like 30. Yeah, I think so. That's a pretty, pretty decent number. And they have a really wide range, too. I mean, it's all, all kinds of different Texas pints right across the back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard to make it out from the photo that I'm showing Aaron right now, but that's you, okay though. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's it definitely it looks like a place that has a, enough variety to really keep people coming back on yeah. a regular basis. I thought this was a cool sign. It says Cody's Motel Food and Bar. I don't actually know the story behind it, but um, I thought a, it was a really neat kind of. That is a really cool vintage sign. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't from the surf club. Uh, so we did, we did, if, if I may transition away slightly from executive surf club, we did visit another brewery while we were in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, we went to the railroad brewing company. Um, the only thing that I would, uh, the, the one thing that I would try there, if you're going to try a beer from them is their Berliner Weiss. Okay. You love your Berliner Weiss. Right. But even my non Berliner Weiss uh, people liked the Berliner Weiss there. Awesome. So, which what brew is the one that looks pink in that photo? That's the Berliner Weiss. That's the Berliner Weiss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, I highly recommend the Executive Surf Club if you're going to pick an actual. Um, well, it looks like you really can make a day of the area because there's you know the 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 sushi room and a couple mm-hmm. other little you know bar restaurants and then there's also the surf museum to go check out. Yep, it's a little tiny like uh, place, but it's kind of a cool place to check out. But it's you know it's it's also like depending on when you go because you went in December, right? I did, and you know it's still what in the 50s, 60s mm-hmm. at least there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're still going to be able to kind of like enjoy a nice day. You know, it might rain, but it's not going to snow. Oh, and the weather was gorgeous. 
like if if we didn't have to go do family things mm-hmm. honestly we would have hung out on that patio and enjoyed those two or three dollar pints for hours and played board games with each other so they did have the patio open mm-hmm. okay yeah that's really sad there's a lot of places in texas that would close their patio when it's that quote unquote cold oh but i mean during the day it was in the 70s okay that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah like when the when it's when it's that time of year it can get it can get it can drop down lower mm-hmm. but usually during the day it'll still hit like the 60s ish yeah um it's just in the nighttime when it starts dropping lower yeah and that's when it gets down to like the mm-hmm. 40s yeah exactly um aside from that i would like to also kind of circle back to shinerbach and talk a little bit about them too absolutely um shiner is kind of one of the Almost, I, I would. I don't know if I would say they're the oldest brewery in Texas, but I, you know they might be the. And fans, feel free to correct me here. Please do. Please do. We want to hear from you, fans at travelbyproxy.com, or you can email me, Andrea <laughs> at travelbyproxy.com. Um, I think that Shiner is the oldest continuously running brewery in Texas. Lone Star might be older, but I would I would still say that Shiner is the better okay. continuously running brewery in Texas. Um, the other cool part is the they've been brewed at Sh- uh, Spetzel Brewery, the Cosmos Spetzel Brewery. Yeah, because it looks like their their founder's name is Cosmos Spetzel. Right, exactly. And the fact that his name is Cosmos with a K is amazing. Yeah, there he is. Born and in he, Bavaria. And he founded it in 1909. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's... Oh, my goodness. Now, that it's been 111 years that it's been operating. Mm-hmm. At least 110, for sure. Like, solid years. Yeah. That's a long time. And, well, and then the question is, with Prohibition, did they have to shut down... I would imagine so. Yeah, because, but I mean, like, the question is, well, did did, I, I'm going to just babble for a minute. Um, When Prohibition happened, and this is something that I don't have a solid answer on, and I want to learn about it later. um, Did they actually have to shut down all breweries and distilleries, or were some allowed to keep operating as they were part of, like, the economy of the area to, to, like, export? Well, I would imagine that some things still operated, because I think, so, I I remember hearing that some... So you could still, during Prohibition, get alcohol mm-hmm. for medicinal purposes. Yeah, and there was also, like, there was the weird, like, kits where you could, uh, it was basically a wine kit with, you know, grapes ready for fermenting mm-hmm. and all of the, like, items that you'd need to get started with the yeast and everything. Yeah. Um, but those were always sold as, like, uh, you know, medical remedies mm-hmm. for Ill- ailments and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like the oh, that was a bit loud. Kind of like the seeds in the back of you know head head magazines. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh yes, the uh, the not marijuana 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 seeds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but no, really, uh, I would imagine, and I think some some breweries when prohibition hit didn't actually make beer they switched and made something else like root beer or mm-hmm. soda so they still kept their production lines open they just didn't make beer anymore. yeah that would make sense um so some of them continued to run but 
um, like remember when we talked about Kentucky, a lot of things did sh- did shut down. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the Kentucky Common disappeared after pro because of prohibition. Yeah, and it's like there's still a lot of dry counties that exist to this day, which I still find very strange. Hmm. That would be an interesting episode for us to do, like a dive into prohibition and yeah. talk about that. We could actually do that. We could do it in a couple episodes, I yeah. think, because I think that. That deserves more than a half hour mm-hmm. from our time. Um, so we'll do, we'll do that in the next, you know... Social episode. The next social episode or maybe, you know, dedicate a couple episodes mm-hmm. here and there to it. Um, but on it, like, it's a very intriguing thought that yeah. you'd have either to just shut down production entirely or you'd have to completely change everything that you're making. And it's like the idea that you'd have to take all of your product and toss it. Mm-hmm. Because of a, you know something that came about as a law is very strange. But you did like you had to just stop. Mm-hmm. You had to stop, or you had to ship it out. I would imagine like you had an opportunity to like sell it elsewhere. You know, send yeah. it off to like uh, another country or because I mean, you'd think, that especially like in the south of Texas, you'd have the ability to like export to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether or not that was actually available well, at that time period, though, you probably didn't want to. Yeah, in the in the nineteen twenties, uh, U.S. Mexico relations were not very good. Probably not. Huh. Either way, uh, anyway, we can we can delve more into we'll delve more into some prohibition stuff at a later date. Let's circle back to Shiner. Um, Shiner has a couple of different beers out right now. Mm-hmm. And they, do they do like the, you know, the kind of limited runs like a lot of breweries do? Yeah, they do. Um, so the typical beer that they're known for is the Scheinerbach. The Scheinerbach is the beer that everybody knows and drinks. Mm-hmm. It's the standard. Um, and then sort of the the Shiner Light is the kind of classic one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it looks like they have a blonde ale. Yep. And the they have a uh, so the blonde ale is sort of the the light blonde ale is sort of their like like their Bud Light answer. Okay. Um, and then they have like a Shiner Premium, which is kind of like a like Grey Belt style premium. Okay. My so I'm looking at because they've got the cans and the and the bottles here mm-hmm. on this portion of the website. Um, I'm trying to figure out what a session ale is. Okay, so that's a beer thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, and <laughs> I was assuming it was a beer thing because it's a it's a can of beer, right? So, um, <laughs> so the, a session ale is is one of those things that makes beer drinkers edge closer and closer to sounding like alcoholism or alcoholics when they start talking about it. Okay, the reason a session ale is called a session ale is because you can drink more than one of them in a single session. What is a session like? A session of drinking, oh. like you can there. The a session ale is one that has like a has a, a like a usually it has like no more than like five or six percent, um, and the flavor profile of them isn't usually too like. It's not very complex. It's complex just kind of accessible, right? It's accessible. Um, it usually has like a nice, uh, you know, pleasing flavor. It usually goes with whatever you're going to be eating. Mm-hmm. So a session ale is something that you can just drink you know and just keep drinking yeah but not like to excess so it's 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 like it's halfway to the like 
natural light that everyone seems to drink a ton of in college and get the 30 racks of. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because, I mean, it it seems it was it's designed to be more palatable for more people. Right. Than, exactly. OK. Yeah. And it, it's meant to be something that like can be a, the reason like session ales were designed to, were made so that, you know, you could actually like because the people were making so many beers that were just loaded with alcohol. Mm, and it's like you have one and you kind of got to pause and yeah. do something else. Mm hmm. And, like, people wanted to still be able to go to, like, a party and have, like, a beer in your hand and then, like, later on in the same party, have another beer. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Mm Mm-hmm. At least that's sort of the story I was told. I could always look it up on Wikipedia and give you the actual answer. We'll put it in the show notes. We will. Or we could just ask one of our listeners to add us. Yes. This time we do want you to add us. Yeah. Speaking of adding us, um, our show is starting to round out, but that doesn't mean the show has to end. You can find us at travelbyproxy.com. Find us on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at travelbyproxy or on Instagram at tbpcast. Our Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we wish you a look look out your window. Walking with you and your Moving peace stones and your Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of all the people that you love